Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We are recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales today. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm here as always with Shane Reeves. Enjoying the change of environment. I think we'll have different conversations today. I think it'll bring out a different aspect of the show just the change of environment. It's Saturday morning. It's kind of a slow morning. The Masters is later, so I think people are delaying. But our guest, back by popular domain. Hello, I'm Bo Ladner. <laughs> well, you know, we talk so much about c- uh, cigar shops on this show. It's only fitting that we actually bring the show into one for once. Well, and this, you know, since Austin's taken over, he's done a great job getting the humidor stocked. I've been able to pick up some cigars things like that. It's just, um, it's, I'm glad that we have the time today to do it. And also, this is closer to where we're going fishing afterwards than my house. That's killing two birds with one stone. Speaking of cigars, I know we both picked one out to enjoy this morning. Why don't you tell us what yours is? All right, so today, you hear us talk a lot about the Padrones, and I'm doing the Padron 9000 series. This is the budget line of Padrones. You know, this cigar is $10.99, not in every bit as good as any $17, $18 smoke you pick up. That's one of those that I walk by a lot of times in the humidor because it's just so unassuming, especially considering its box mates are usually the anniversary series. But it's just such an all-around good cigar. Easy smoke, Nicaraguan Puro, as all Padrones are. And just put together really well. I've never had a failure in the structural integrity of one of these. And that's usually what I run into when I smoke the lower-end budget line of a cigar, sometimes I'll get, you feel like you're smoking a second or you've got a structural impurity. These have always smoked perfect for me. Well, there's a difference between a $10 cigar that has a $3 budget line and a $30 cigar that has a $12 budget line, right? It is a sliding scale of sorts. What are you going to fire up, Trey? Um, I have uh, one of my favorites, which is the Illusione Gigantes. I think I I think I preface every time I introduce cigar on this show is one of my favorites. They're all good. But uh, the Illusione Gigantes is a six and a half by 56, so it's a pretty hefty little beast. Um, San Andreas wrapper with uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler, so it's right along the flavor profile of what we typically smoke on the show. Just a great all-around, um, it's kind of a crowbar of cigars. You know, it's just something that you always want to have around. It's it's, it's in, infinitely useful for whatever it brings to the table. Always been, again, excellent construction. Um, Illusione is one of those brands that not everybody carries and that not every store can sell. But there's a lot of stores that love them. They do really well here at Crown, and um, so it's it's always a treat when they're in stock because that means I get to have it. Um, but it's just... It's one of those, Illusione is one of those brands that when I go into a, a shop, if I, if I see that brand in the humidor, I know that I'm in a place that cares about boutiques and their inventory, and it's just kind of that next level uh, kind of situation for me. What you fixing to smoke, Bo? Actually, uh, piggybacking off that, I've got one of my favorites as well, uh, the Fuente Añejo Shark that uh, Travis from Crown gave me as a present for passing the bar exam. Uh, this one's Mazel tov. <laughs> <clears throat> Dominican binder and filler with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. And uh, you're talking about how if you see that Gigantes in a store, you know that they've got a decent uh, boutique selection. 
this is one of the ones that really sets apart a good shop from something you might see in an airport or in a kiosk somewhere because uh, they don't send the Añejos to just anybody. You've got to have a pretty decent relationship with them, and they only come out twice a year. So this one's a real special treat. Looking forward to firing this up. So seeing Trey fire up that Illusione, the first Gigante I smoked, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing I can pronounce it Gigante. Some people say Gigante or whatever, but... Yeah, everyone knows what you're talking about. Gigante. Yeah. Gigante. Yeah. <laughs> but it takes me back to the first one of those I had. We were in Orlando, and we were down there at Corona Cigars, and I picked two of those up and took them on the cruise with me and smoked them on the cruise. And any cigar I smoke on the cruise seems a little better because you got the breeze and you've got the, you know, the total relaxation. When we go on a cruise, we shut the phones down. I won't pick up my phone for a week. Um, I, it's a week I don't worry about what I eat. I don't worry about what I drink. I just enjoy myself. That sounds a lot like the camping trip that I do every year where it's, you know, it's I sell, like an hour and a half outside of cell phone service. So it's just giving the opportunity to, uh, to just get back to, to personal enjoyment. Kind of sounds like every Saturday night for me, but hey, that's just fun. <laughs> now, is that, do you forget where you left your phone, or do you on purpose turn it off? A little from column A, a little from column B, and then when uh, I got my first smartphone, I found out that people can actually, if you leave your location services on, ping you from Facebook, so you'll have girls that show up at a bar that you weren't expecting to show up, so that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you're not going to get any sympathy around here for your terrible life of women chasing you down <laughs> through the week. Me and Trey have zero empathy for you. You're out of luck. <laughs> but thinking about that smoke makes me think about how do you pack for a trip? When you're getting ready, you know, I've got a cruise coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm starting to construct my travel humidor. What am I going to bring how am I going to do it? And I want to talk today some about that because I've, I've been amazed at the amount of energy, the amount of calories I've burned trying to decide yeah. what I'm taking on this cruise ship with me. Well, this Illusione Gigantes is one of the ones that always finds its way into my travel bag just because it's so versatile. It works on the golf course. It works sitting by the campfire. It, and it's, it's inexpensive enough that if something happens and, and I drop it or if I need to put it out and walk away from it, I don't feel that emotional pain of, oh, it's a $12 cigar and I only got $3 worth out of it. Well, it's kind of funny because uh, you're talking about packing for traveling in a humidor. I think uh, your humidor is going to reflect your own personal style. Like, Trey, I'm going to assume everything in your humidor is fairly neat and organized, selected for a reason and has a purpose. Yes. Whereas mine is like everything else. I pack like a teenage girl. So if, if I'm going on a three-day trip, I'll bring my 40-count humidor and throw everything in there I could possibly need in the event that the zombie apocalypse takes place, and I need to have something to carry me through until I can find a new source. So I try to think, okay, best-case scenario, if I end up smoking 10 cigars this day, what am I going to do first, and what am I going to do all the way through there and put those in? And then add, okay, well, what if somebody comes up and they want to bum a cigar? Well, what if they want a light one? Here's a good one. What if they want a dark one? Here's a good one. What if I decide I want a Cameroon? Let me throw that in there, too. I know that doesn't help your conundrum any. Well, and it's, I do it according to, like Trey's talking about, according to use. You know, I've got cigars that I'm going to sit on the deck with and I'm really going to enjoy. But this is also when I tend to reach for more tubo-style cigars that actually have their own tube and actually come isolated to their self. You know, this I have in my hand a Padron 90th. Oh. They just received these at the store this week, and I had Austin. This is the Maduro. 
and this is my cigar that I will smoke laying in a hammock at Half Moon K on the beach in the Bahamas. Mai Tai in hand? Very likely. Mai Tai, <laughs> perhaps a hurricane, something something fruity, definitely. I like how you said Mai Tai was too heavy, but the hurricane, which you know <laughs> and I know has four shots in it. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, well, he's already in the hammock. He can't fall down. <laughs> yeah. And... There's no graceful way to exit a hammock, so Regardless, I don't have to worry about yeah. that. You can, that's, the hammock is the lazy man's throne. Jim, Jim Gaffigan said it best. <laughs> when you lay in a hammock, you, the world is your oyster. Uh, well, there's, a, there's an Irish proverb that a man is not drunk so long as he can hold onto a blade of grass and not fall off the earth. There's got to be some kind of island proverb about how a man is not drunk as long as he doesn't fall out of his hammock while he's laying in it. He's just really inspecting the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm digging for oysters. Leave me alone. (laughs) So uh, so you guys actually plan, like, I'm going to lay in the hammock and smoke this and drink this. Like, you you, you basically plan out everything as though you would a three- or four-course meal, right? I do. I I will usually bring, you know, two or three of each cigar that I want. So I've got uh, just thinking about the last trip the tennessee waltz is for the end of the day when i want to relax with a good cigar that i know i'm going to enjoy uh i'll usually pick up a couple of padrones for when we're you know chopping firewood or when we're doing something active where again if i drop it or if it gets broken i don't feel bad about it um but i usually bring based on how many days i usually kind of parse it out that way and then i'll do some variants but Usually, it's with the intention of being, this is an active cigar, this is an enjoyment cigar, this is something in between. You know that Bo's on the show when we have to pull the show over to have a shot of whiskey? <laughs> Gentlemen, do your health. Sanja. I think I still might have a few in me from the night before. Y'all are still recovering? 4 a.m. wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what time is it now? Like 10, 30, 11, mm-hmm. something like that? If you haven't had that Jameson cask mate yet, definitely invest in a bottle. Jameson that uh, supposedly is aged in Guinness barrels. I can't imagine anything closer to heaven. It's, yeah, wonderful, oh, wonderful wait, whiskey. Wait, I got a Guinness here. I can. <laughs> <laughs> You're chasing your shot of whiskey with a Guinness. Well, no, you break that barrel down and you make your bed out of it. Oh, I think I just gave Bo a project. <laughs> Better string your hammock on the island in between two whiskey barrels. <laughs> been made of whiskey now barrels. that is heaven. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I'll have to get started on that. Although the question is how I'm going. You know, I've smuggled stuff back before on planes. I've never actually smuggled a whiskey barrel or a beer barrel back. I don't, I don't know how to stow that to carry on without them seeing it. Well, what you need is a hat and a big moo-moo dress. <laughs> come on, honey. Come on, Aunt like Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what happened to Gladys <laughs> so back to packing your humidor for travel um, of course we spoke last week about humidors in great detail and I will definitely be carrying that 40 count Zycar on my humidor and you mentioned that uh, kind of to your point Bo you meant, uh, Shane you mentioned that you leave those trays those foam trays in there so that you keep everything separate I happen to know from just having seen yours that it's a it, it's just thrown in. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, it's a 40-count humidor if they're all close to Churchill size and if you line them all up and put them in there with the foam. If you take the foam out and you get a little rearranging, you can get up to about 55 or 60 in there, depending on the Vitola. When I was, when I was repping, I, I did that. I took all the foam out, and I had mine lined. 
you know, by size and by stuff. And I, I think I had close to 100 cigars in there at one point. Well, and, you know, you guys said you plan ahead. I'm going to smoke this one in this hammock. I'm going to sit in a chair and enjoy this one at the end of the night. I don't really do that. I, I try to bring enough that I've got contingencies for everything. So when it comes time to smoke one or whenever I have a second to grab one, I'll have to look at all of them to decide what's going to fit this particular moment. Like, I basically plan the cigar so I'll be ready for the moment, but I don't plan the cigar around the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, and, you know, every time we're on the cruise, we have the formal dinner, and I like to be dressed very nice. And I don't go back to the hotel room, back to the room and change. There's nothing better than an expensive cigar while you're wearing your nice suit on the deck of a cruise ship. People just come by, and you look like you're worth a million dollars. What about the kilt? Are you bringing the kilt? I'm not bringing the kilt till, till we all go on a cruise together and we can go formal night all kilted up. Oh, nice. <laughs> there, you never look back on an evening and say, man, I shouldn't have worn my kilt. This is true. <laughs> but it gets mighty breezy on those cruise ships. Well, That's why they make pins. Yeah, but, you're not a, but you're not a true Irishman. You're the one wearing underbridges. What do you care? Gravity I, I, is I, a I, harsh I, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> There's things in life we all have to deal with. So do you ever, since, since you're a little bit more uh, freewheeling <laughs> with your... I wish, I wish that was on video. I don't remember the last time that happened. I was trying to take a puff off my cigar, and the wrapper came off the, or the, uh, the label came off the cigar while I took a puff, and I ended up puffing on it. <laughs> so do you ever run into a situation where you reach into your humidor and there's just nothing you want to smoke? Yeah, sometimes, because it's one of those, uh, I don't know, I have to use too many tropes, but I guess the grass is always greener. Sometimes you look in your humidor... And you're like, okay, I've got 50 different cigars in here, but dang, I wish I had that one you haven't seen in a couple of months. That'd yeah. be great right now. Yeah, and I always kind of plan ahead and get boxes of stuff so that I, I, I almost never buy one of any kind of cigar. I always buy a couple of them because I know if I've got a Romeo Nicaraguan sitting in my, sitting in my humidor at the house, the chances of it making it to the boat are slim to none. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, it's one of those things for me, just kind of as a you know, uh, self-control kind of thing. I, I know that it, if I only have one left of cigar X, Y, or Z, then it, it helps me kind of parse it out a little bit better. That part of having that organized humanoid and having like two or three of each one of the, okay, well, I'm not going to have that right now because it's my last one and I want to save it for this or whatever. So, talking a little bit of um, the big heist this week, did everyone hear about the big Arturo Fuente heist? Yeah, and I, I didn't hear about anything. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> I did hear about it, and I was actually in the vicinity at the time, but I have an alibi. I was with my mama, and, and you both know that mama would never let me pull anything like that. I mean, we, we would never do anything devious while she was watching. Oh, come on. She's smoky. <laughs> <laughs> Although she did film me sneaking onto Mar-a-Lago, and then the next day filmed me climbing a 25-foot rock just to jump off into the pool below. So, You really have the only mother of any of us who could be considered an accomplice on a regular basis. <laughs> well, it's like, like we talked about before. You know, It wasn't like I was born that way or she was. It's just after a certain number of years, you realize she's got three boys, and she did you know, a fantastic job raising us, mostly on her own because Dad was always traveling for work. And she got to a point where we got to an age where she realized we're not going to change. If you can't beat them, join them. Well, it's, it's funny. You meet, you meet Bo's mother and you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then, and then you meet Bo's father and you go, oh, that makes sense. And you, 
Oh hell, he didn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, or he had the best chance ever. Who, uh, you're you right. <laughs> I hate to get away from the cigars, but I do have to tell my favorite Bo's mom's story. Oh jeez. <laughs> there we're at the Packers game here, and my wife is a gigantic Packers fan, and we're here in Nashville, and the Packers are playing the Titan. And some little kid had a very degrading sign to the it, Packers. It, it, it said, Packers, you suck. That's what it said. It wasn't creative, but... And Glenda dared her to tear the sign in half, and she tore this poor child's sign in <laughs> half, took it away from me, ripped it. She, and Glenda said, I didn't think she would do it. I just dared her. Have you met Bo? <laughs> <laughs> Root for a team that wins occasionally. Uh, you know what? I, I got to say this. The... I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm Tennessee born and raised. Trey, you are Same. too. So you understand I'm saying this mostly in jest. But if your team is going to lose to the Titans, uh, there's really nothing else we could do to embarrass you. I mean, yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's time to fire the coach, time to fire right. the defensive coordinator. Well, I think we beat him like, like I think 40. you even go so far as to fire the grounds crew. Just clean house. <laughs> you know what? Just revoke the season tickets to the people that tailgated. Yeah. Right? yeah, here, fellas. Here, here's your money back. We're sorry. <laughs> we're, we're turning it into an outdoor flea market. <laughs> Have better attendance. <laughs> but... So back to the big heist, the big Fuente heist. Um, it's a 250-mile stretch between Fuente headquarters in Tampa and Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale. Somewhere in between, someone stole a 40-foot shipping container loaded with hundreds of thousands of Fuente cigars. And I would just again like to point out that I have an alibi that I was in Palm Beach. How do you move, how do you move 10,000 cigars? I, no, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how you'd pull that off. I could, I just in my head, all I'm seeing is Vin Diesel and a bunch of Honda Civics driving around, <laughs> driving around this cigar I, truck. Well, there was. I remember years ago on Fox News, they showed this video somewhere in North Florida, and a guy stole a, a commercial John Deere tractor. And you could see on the camera for the bank, he drives the John Deere up, picks the ATM up, and carries it <laughs> off. Got like 200 grand in the bucket of the tractor and just drives off with it. I imagine, considering it was Florida, it was something more like that. I don't think it was Vin Diesel and half a dozen Honda Civics or some Englishman and six Mini Coopers. I imagine it was somebody very much like yours truly with seven old beater Ford trucks. <laughs> Actually, gentlemen, I think you're both wrong. Remember, we always speak that cigars are a gentleman pursuit. This was George Clooney and 11 Friends. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. That explains why he's on the lamp. <laughs> that, that explains it. Him and Brad Pitt. And all, and the, and all those movies, Brad Pitt kind of had an oral fixation anyway. He was eating every time you, you seen him in a scene. <laughs> the food in that movie was its own character. <laughs> yeah, just very interesting. Great set, great set of movies. I, I enjoyed Ocean's Eleven and I enjoyed Thirteen. Didn't care for Twelve. Same. I wondered how many more people they could keep adding to the cast, especially as some of the original cast members started to die off. Yeah. Like, you're, well, you're, you're going to start going backwards. You go 11, 12, 13, and then you just go back to like Ocean 6. And then from Ocean the George 2. Lucas School of Counting. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the few movies where everyone's personality melded. It really did. Uh, it, it's also one of those trilogies that falls into the classic trope of, and I know it's a cigar podcast, but I don't care, uh, of the, the middle one being the weakest link, as so often happens. 
Yeah, it generally is. Um, I don't know. If we're going to get into this argument about Back to the Future again, we might have to take a station break. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Future Future 2 was the worst of the three. I, I disagree strongly. Shane, back me up on this, man. Three should have three should have just been scrapped. Like, three should have been just taken out to a dumpster or shot in the back of the head in the alley. I didn't care for two or three. Yeah, that, that's I didn't okay. like that's either fair. one. I thought, I thought Back to the Future 3 should have been just ca- called just cashing another check. Yeah, all well, right. Uh, all right, Switzerland. All right, well, <laughs> I mean, hey, you, I got, just, you, you got to love how in one he he gets hit on by his own mom. He, he gets he, his, own, his own mom tries do to. Do you have to love that? No, we well, need hang to on, talk? Hang on, I'm finishing the point. I didn't say that, man. <laughs> we may be discovering her. some of Bo's no, issues. No, no, my today. point was you got to love how that is the best of the three. The one where his mom tries to take him to prom. Like, after that, that's where it gets weird. It was two and three where it just went, you know. But he also gets to punch out his mom's rapist. So there's something to be said for that. Attempted rapist. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> Officially, no. Officially, a lawyer. I now. was just a doctor yesterday. I did. Uh, yeah. Um, by the way, Trey, you have to tell them your Facebook post from when Bo gave us the news yesterday. It's the only time I've ever seen Bo pass a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rim shot, please. <laughs> now, um, about time to take a break. About time to take it easy. Let's smoke our cigars for a few minutes when we come back for the break. I want to talk about the best cigar we've smoked this year. There's so many new cigars coming out, and let's kind of talk about that a little. I want to really get into that. All right, we'll be right back after this. This is Beth with Crown Cigars for your cigar etiquette tip of the week. If you come into a shop with disposable coffee cups or newspapers and other such garbage, please do not leave it laying around the tables. Throw it in a garbage can. If you cannot find one, ask an employee and let them take care of it. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast, live today from Crown Ales and Cigars. Or Crown Cigars and Ales, ever how you'd like to pronounce it. I call it Crownies. <laughs> I think I call it Stogies 90% of the time. I'm a little slow to change. Well, now, it, well, I worked here for a while, and it was it was Stogies forever, and then it became Smoky Cigar, too, but that was just kind of weird and kind of a mouthful, and it's also a little redundant. I mean, every cigar is going to be Smoky, so I just started calling it Occupied Stogies, but <laughs> I had to add an ease to whatever name it, it got after that. In case y'all are missing it, the voice you're hearing is Bo Ladner. Short Sorry. for Beauregard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do, will your law degree say Beauregard Ladner on it? You know, I actually considered right before I graduated, they said that when you graduate, you get your law certificate and it's got your full legal name on it. And I considered trying to legally change my name to something just to mess with them. Like, I don't know, Beauregard Templeton Ladner the Seventh or something to that effect. But uh, ended up not doing it. That was one of, the, one of the few prudent moves I made while I was in higher education. We also have Trey Deadman here with us. Welcome back, everybody. I was waiting for him to take a drink of beer so that I could catch him in mid-swaller. <laughs> you look at that waiter that always comes around and asks, hey, is everything okay right after, right after you take taking a, a bite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he walked away. I was trying to tell him I needed more ranch. <laughs> but we've talked about packing our travel humidor, and let's move on from that. 
because um, I've been kind of going through my greatest hits collection and thinking about the best cigars I smoked this year that were Fly new. Me to the moon. Oh wait, different kind <laughs> of greatest hits. different greatest hits collection tray. You kind of stumbled on that. I didn't hear hits. I heard something a little more vulgar. So I was picturing those. <laughs> Don't picture those. Too late. <laughs> High protein diet. I need a plunger and an axe. <laughs> anyway. Moving forward. I don't know what that means, but it was awesome. We may, that may get nope. cut from the final cast. <laughs> Three-letter word, not four. <laughs> well, if it's plural. Uh, yeah, yeah A-X-E. But anyway, <laughs> let's come back to something tasteful. So last oh, week mind. was the first time I've managed to get my hands on a Romeo Nicaraguan. And the most mellow smoke, and not mellow flavor, just I just want to lay down and take a nap when I smoke this cigar. It's so good. It's so relaxing. It's the orange box. We'll get into it on a later podcast, why all Nicaraguans have orange boxes. But it's in the orange <laughs> box, Romeo Nicaraguan. Um, they just come out a couple weeks ago. They've not been out a real long time. But absolutely one of my favorites that I've had this year. What was your favorite new smoke you discovered this year, Trey? You know, you brought this up earlier, and I've been trying so hard uh, to think about that. And I just, I think, even though it didn't come out this year, I had it for the first time this year, was the, um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I had that one. You're supposed to put, you're supposed to put them in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it wrong. We're back to the greatest tits. <laughs> That's what we So um, I think it was probably the um, the Avo Heritage. It was a, it was a cigar that that I've had everything else in their line. I used to be a go-to on the XO, but it wasn't until um, about last June that I ever had a Heritage and I I absolutely in love that, love that cigar just because, again, that's a Nicaraguan cigar that has a little bit of a medium to full. It just, it feels like the heritage of cigar smoking. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you, you, you get something out of it. Hard to beat Avo. It's hard when you're looking for the cigar you know is going to deliver every time you fire it up. It's hard to beat Avo. Well, a lot of the Avos are... Um a little too mild for my preference. I mean, even their even their their Maduros is is on the lightest side of a Maduro that I've ever had. But you're, you are right about the consistency. That's one of the nice things, especially if you work in a shop and you need something to recommend. You can always count on the production. Uh, it's always going to be the same. So that's one of the things you have to give them credit for. Well, and I'm always going to reach for an avo after a ribeye steak, especially if I have a real good buttery ribeye steak where they do the garlic butter on it, mm -hmm. melt it down just right, and grill it on both sides perfect. I'm always reaching for an avo after that steak. What about you, Bo? Um, I was just trying to think about the best ones in the last year. Um, I just had recently the All Out Kings by Caldwell that, uh, that we were talking about before the show, and that one's probably the best one that I've had in 2017. Um, but as far as like last year, uh, year and a half goes, um, the CAO Flathead came out with a couple of new sizes that were actually really decent and um, really reasonably priced too, and also very consistent. So I'd have to mention both of those. And I'm really looking forward. Uh, General's actually really pushing some some envelopes right now. Right. You know, they're actually, as one of the larger manufacturers, they're actually pushing the envelope, creating new blends, and and 
being pretty innovative, and they've got a lot of stuff that's slated to come out this year, and I'm really looking forward to see what they come up with. Well, especially with all the stuff that's going on with the FDA right now, with the new laws that they passed that are kind of in limbo. Um, as you guys both know, in August, a lot of things are going to have to change, so I definitely give them credit for basically trying to keep good cigars and new cigars alive and, yeah. and, not, and not just cowering before the government as uh, often people do in this world of ours. Well, and I think also Generals is a reaction to the market. You know, the the image of General Cigars got known as the, you know, the... They were the empire. They were the Death Star just swallowing everything up and destroying it. And I, I think you're right. They caught on to that and said, okay, we've got to change. We don't want everybody to think we're just Walmart. Like, right. Plus, you, you don't want to be part of the establishment smoking a cigar. Yeah, plus, I mean, the, um, you know, the, the industry is going more boutique. You know, the cigar smoker is going more boutique. You've got more and more people looking for something new and different than you used to. Hey, give me a Rocky. Give me a Macanudo. Give me a Monty. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because I was in East Tennessee um, last week visiting some family members, and I went to the shop that um, I've, I've been going to for probably 15 years. Um, and he's been there in that location for 30 years. And we were just kind of talking about cigars, and he said it's kind of funny because he remembered when he first opened the shop, uh, he said he had plenty of cigars, but it was only maybe 15 facings, tops. I mean, it, you know, dads would come in there, and they'd buy a box of Romeos, like a box of Macadoos or Macadunus or whatever they called them because for some reason no one can pronounce Macanudos. <laughs> he said now it's kind of difficult for him because he's got to keep up with 80 different lines, and people are always coming in wanting something new, wanting something different. They don't want to smoke the same thing every single day for the rest of their life. Right. Well, and I'm... He keeps the um, the cheroots in the humidor, and he puts on the full decompression suit when he goes back there to get you a couple. And <laughs> he actually, that is the shop that introduced me to cheroots, and he still to this day has the best selection of them I've ever seen. I mean, he's probably got 30 different types of cheroots back there. And uh, One of the things I enjoy about that cigar so much is that they don't require humidification. He's got them on the rack with the cigarettes. Yeah, it don't require humidification. Those cockroaches, they'll survive the apocalypse. They'll survive a nuclear holocaust. I'll still be smoking my cheroots if I can crawl out from the fallout shelter in 30 years. All right, so Shane, nuclear holocaust, nuclear winter, whatever, all you've got left from cigars is the cheroots. Do you smoke another one, or do you just give up smoking? (laughs) (laughs) Well... A nuclear holocaust could only improve the flavor. So I'm going to give it a shot. I'll try anything once. I've got faith in you, Shane. I'd like to imagine if you were one of the few survivors left, you channel your inner bow and just go at it. Yeah. What would would Bo do in this scenario? He'd chomp on a cheroot, fashion a machete. Out of the cheroot. (laughs) I think it would hold an edge. Is that one of the, you use the cheroot to sharpen the knife, or vice versa? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, but... So kind of moving forward, there's a lot of new stuff coming out, but I am noticing there's a lot more boutique stuff coming out. And there's also this Nicaraguan revolution. It seems like everybody that's producing cigars is now producing a Nicaraguan brand. You know, Avo produced the Synchro, which was Nicaraguan, Mm -hmm. and then they produced the Fogata, which above that's Nicaraguan. And, of course, both you can always find them. They're in the orange box. <laughs> but just wonderful, wonderful smokes. But it's, it's interesting how regional they're getting. Well, I think, you know, I think this is kind of like we're, everyone talks, everyone who's been in the industry for a, a long enough time talks about the cigar boom in the 90s, right? And I think we're kind of witnessing a mini boom, especially now that everyone's kind of realizing that the culture may be going away because of regulation. People are kind of starting to get reengaged. And 
because we've got that, we've got people who are smoking more. And as palettes change, and we're just seeing a change in trends, like 6x60s were huge a couple of years ago. Now I'm seeing fewer and fewer on the shelves. But now what I'm noticing is people are looking for medium and medium full and full-bodied cigars. And for me, that's a Nicaraguan. Well, do you think it's more about the flavor that you get out of it or about the branding? Because, you know, for every guy that you've got that's just really, really into cigars and really loves them and really enjoys them and studies everything and knows what he's looking for, you got 40 guys that come in the humidor that, oh, man, I want one of them Nicaraguans. Which one? You know the one. Like, as it's though like there's the only one line out there. So I, I, I wonder if it's more branding than anything. I wonder if somebody came out with a good Nicaraguan brand. And everybody else said, oh, shoot, everybody's coming in asking for these. Let's go ahead and put ours out there, too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like the people that come in the human arts, like, do you guys have Churchill's? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in my cigar shop working life I've had a woman come in and say, hey, I need you to help me pick out something for my husband. He likes Churchill's, so just go with that. Pick something out. Which, is always, which I always use as an opportunity to sell... Um, the most expensive Winston cigar Churchill by Davidoff. The Winston Churchill that's by Davidoff. That's like Davidoff. 20, uh, 20 <laughs> yeah. Great cigar, but I mean, if she don't know the difference and it makes me feel better. <laughs> Someone would think you two were commission salesmen. Yeah, that's under the those funny, perspectives. I always said if I opened up a cigar shop, it totally would be. I mean, it would just like a 1% on everything. Just oh, to, yeah. Because socialism doesn't work, especially in retail <laughs> or in the bar business or the restaurant business. Well, it's not like other sales where you set your appointments. You've only got so many people walking in. So it's like, all right, right. make your <laughs> make well, your buck. When, uh, when I was at Burns in Chattanooga, we had a few different spiffs, and we had a couple of contests for who could sell the most boxes or who could sell the most just total gross. So uh, it got to where, luckily, the other guys I worked with that weren't, I'm not going to insult their intelligence, but they didn't quite pick up on the fact that certain nights were busier than others and certain days had more traffic. So I scheduled myself around that. But on top of that, you're right. You might get lucky and have 30 people come in that each want to buy five or six each. You, you might get unlucky and have a short shift where... Yeah. But it only takes one customer to turn all that around. Oh, yeah. In fact, the, the last spiff that I won, I got lucky because this guy came in and uh, they were shooting a movie in town. <laughs> And the character in the movie, they wanted him to smoke cigars. And they said uh, it was in the 1940s. And I said, okay, well, I was looking at the humidor and I thought, you know what? We've got a ton of those Davidoff Perfectos that have been there since this shop opened. And I said, well, in the 40s, everybody was smoking Perfectos. And he went, okay. And I, I felt bad about it, but I neglected to tell him that he could go to the gas station and get a bunch of Tampa Nugget Perfectos for a dollar <laughs> each. And I, I sold that dude $1,200 worth of Davidoff Perfectos. But I kind of feel bad for the cigar in that story just because it, you know, you it, know it wasn't yeah. enjoyed, you know it wasn't smoked. Well, the, the worst part was um, I, oh, I got to go to the movie set, actually, and the assistant for the star that was smoking the cigar, the, the, the guy doesn't smoke cigars anymore, doesn't smoke anymore. So I had to show the assistant how to cut the cigar and then how to light it without ever having to take a puff off of it. And then he handed it to the actor, and the actor would sit there with it, and it'd smolder, and he'd move his hands around. And then they'd call cut, and then he, the assistant would light another one and hand it to him, and he'd do the same thing. So, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was just, uh, uh, the, the, this, uh, I hope this isn't a bad reference, a cigar equivalent of being in a U-boat on Normandy Beach and just watching him go down one at a time and knowing you can't do anything about it. <laughs> well, we really need to move now to our cigar under $8, because I want to spend a little time with this cigar under $8, because here's one thing. We put a lot of work into this cigar under $8. Primarily because I refuse to have one that, okay, the Churchill is $16, but you can buy a double petite Corona that's, you know, two inches long and a five ring gauge for under $8. <laughs> I want to find 
at least a five by 50, if I'm going to call it an $8 cigar. Right. Um, we were in the humidor before the show, and what is the Perdomo you said is the best one they ever made? Uh, the the Cameroon Cabinet Series sil- Silver Label. See, I've seen those, but that's just big enough to make me want a cigar. Well, see, <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up. That is my favorite cigar. That's the best cigar I've ever had. Um, when I started smoking cigars about 11 or 12 years ago, they used that used to be a full line, kind of like the Champagne is now. And they had Toros and Churchills and the whole nine yards. And it was, without a doubt, the best cigar they've ever made. And it's gotten to a point now where just the particular leaf that it takes to create that cigar, especially the wrapper, it's a Cameroon wrapper, they only have enough to make that size. Um, so, because I'm with you, I, I smoke that cigar and I love it. And it's a great cigar, but I just, it makes me remember the days when I could have a Churchill of that cigar, and it makes me a little sad. That was, that was my thought, because I was really trying to choose a cigar for the show today, and I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it, because I know, okay, halfway through the show, I'm going to be finished with my cigar, and I want my cigar to hang out for the entire show. Right. So, today's cigar under $8 is the Nica Rustica El Brujito. And Very nice pronunciation. Thank you. <laughs> And it is um, 52 ring gauge. They're usually about 5 by 52, 6 by 52, right in there. They have the pigtail, which I love the pigtail on a roll of a cigar. Yeah, it just looks pretty. It does. It's just, and it, it cut this end. You can't get confused when the pigtail's on that cigar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seen it done. Yeah. Well, it's a Nicaraguan filler, but it's a Mexican binder, and it's actually a USA Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, which you would never guess because they're black as coal. Well, it's funny because I, the way you're describing it, it's funny because I've seen it and I can picture it. So anybody that hasn't seen it before, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of the image in my head of them seeing it for the first time because this thing is massive. I mean, the thing is giant. You could, you could swing it at somebody and knock them out if you needed to. <laughs> I'd love to see a sword fight between this and the cheroot. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. Yeah, the brujito doesn't have a shot. <laughs> but, um, it's polarizing, though. There's, you either love it or you hate it. Well, it's so strong and, I mean, just meaty. It's, I love it. It's delicious, but I also love the cheroots. So... It's one of those that if you can handle a really strong, really flavorful, just really punchy in the face cigar, it's great. But, but I also know people that don't particularly care for a strong cigar that really like that. For some reason, the flavor profile—I mean, the flavor's there—but it does It's not kick you in the face strong. It's not a LFD triple Ahero. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I think this is the cigar in the Drew Estate line they probably publicize the least. Yeah, yeah. You don't see very much on it, which is. Maybe why the cost is so low. So maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we should stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we may be ruining it. But, you know, it's showing here that the price on it suggested retail seven bucks. And it's a long cigar. I smoked it from about midways through wrestling to the end one night. And that's about two hours of mm-hmm. just solid smoke. Yeah, it'll last me about six. But <laughs> Yeah, you, but you let yours go out quite a bit and all that. But in, in a future show, when we got Bo on, I want us to talk about the perfect light. I want us to talk about the quest for the perfect light because you'll light a cigar five or six times during the smoking of it. And I really want some keys from you in that, but we're almost at the end of the show today, so I don't want to open that particular can of worms. So 
putting a bow on it, the El Brujito, $7, cigar under $8. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as Shane mentioned, we are getting towards the end of the show, but I uh, do want to mention to everybody that we love hearing your feedback about what you like, what you want to hear about, things like that. Uh, the ways to get in touch with us are um, by good old-fashioned email, info at thecigarcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thecigarcast.com. Uh, nope, at thecigarcast. And then you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. Well, always a pleasure. Always fun to have you on. Um, we've had a couple of shows that have just been Trey and I, and I enjoy those tremendously, but I do enjoy having guests. I'm in the process of running down some future guests, but it's kind of like trying to catch water in a net. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the cigar rep life is not one that, that fits a schedule easily. Yeah, I almost need a pocket, the pocket fisherman equivalent of podcasting gear. Just when I catch them somewhere, whip it out and start podcasting. Whoa, now. <laughs> That's dirtier it's than a family anything show. I said. This is a family show, Shane. In the last hour. <laughs> All right, after that, I think we can call it a show. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.